Shall we begin? Welcome back to Claiming Zero, the podcast for the child-free and fence-sitter community with Vanessa and Dallas. I'm Vanessa and Dallas is Dallas. Hello, Dallas. Hello, Vanessa. How are you doing? I am angry with you. (gasps) Oh no, we did not discuss this before recording. (laughs) Yeah, no. You know why? Because I was sifting through Netflix and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give one of these holiday movies a try. Oh, which one? (laughs) It was the worst one. Oh no, there's so many to choose from. No, it was like one of the top trending movies. So I was like, oh, it must be great because oh. everyone's watching it. Um, I don't remember what it's called, so that makes me a bad reviewer, but <laughs> it's okay because no one needs to see it. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was literally, I won't spoil it, not that anyone's gonna go find it because I don't know the title, but it was literally like a mom and her daughter and they're at this yeah. fair and the daughter gets lost and she stumbles upon this single man mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, are you lost? And she's like, yeah, I can't find my mom. And he's like, well, why don't you come sit with me and we'll look for her together, which is completely unrealistic. No child <laughs> should be sitting with a grown man. <laughs> then the mom freaks out when she sees her there and he's like, what are you doing with my child? And the daughter's all, don't worry, mom. He was protecting me. And then oh. he's all... I'm so sorry, ma'am. I'm a lawyer and I was just protecting her. And then she's all, oh my gosh, well, thank you for looking out for her. And then the daughter gets all, oh, well, um, I performed tonight. You should come. And here's the part that pissed me off. He goes, oh, okay. And the mom's like, I mean, it's at six. No pressure. And he shows up and they end up dating, falling in love and getting married. So here's mm-hmm. what makes me mad. Who? <laughs> it has nothing to do the same day because i don't know about you dallas but if you showed up <laughs> on my door right now we're like can we go to dinner at seven no, no. my first available time is like two weeks from now <laughs> that is the most unrealistic adult thing ever and then the as they were dating he had nothing else to do except hang out with her that's a red flag for me so i'm angry with you because i gave it a shot and was like maybe so it will be sweet and warming <laughs> It was creepy. It totally made me think like, okay, this is completely unrealistic expectations of love. And then it was just stupid. And it wasted, you give, you owe me three hours of my life. So three hours, girl, what took you so long to watch a movie that took 90 minutes? Mm. I paused it because I was so angry. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, half of our listeners right now are agreeing with you. (laughs) I know they are. I, I think why I like them is because they're just so unrealistic. It takes me into a land that doesn't actually exist and I can <laughs> pretend for a while. All right. That's fair. But that's I... a good segue because the person I have today for her story mm-hmm. is involved in television and film. Okay. I hope it's not this guy from this terrible Netflix because I I'm... highly doubt it. <laughs> All right. We'll see. All right. So. I am going to tell you about a Canadian-American actress in TV and film who's won two Golden Globes, four Screen Actors Guild Awards, has 13 primetime Emmy nominations, was the, uh, in 2019, Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World. She's known as Rita Wu, 
aka Christina Yang, aka Eve Palastri, oh. aka the real life Sandra O. Oh. oh my gosh, Sandra O oh is a baddie. I love Sandra yes. O. Oh. I loved researching her so much because I'm really I'm I feel like I'm going to just gloss over because there's just so much that she's done. So mm-hmm. let's dig in. Okay. She was born in Ontario, Canada on July 20th, 1971. So she is 51 this year. And um, her parents were South Korean immigrants. And she is the middle child of a brother and a sister. So she's okay. right there in that middle child syndrome. If any of you Me. have experienced that. <laughs> Which yes, is why indeed. she's amazing. And she probably soared to the top. True <laughs> statement. <laughs> So at four year four years old, she starts taking ballet, which I love. Get your kids into dance, mm-hmm. boys too. Um, and <laughs> the very interesting, and I guess maybe or maybe not true, is that her parents put her in ballet to help correct her being pigeon toed. Oh, so I was like, that's interesting. I don't know if I love it or hate it. <laughs> Would that actually work? I mean, you've done dance, so is that a thing that could actually help a pigeon-toed person? I am going to lean towards yes, just thinking about, like, in dance, how you have to control your muscles and your legs and your body so much that maybe it did help. Okay. Um, At 10 years old, and she references this age a lot, at 10 years old, she starred in a school musical, The Canada Goose, which obviously just hits home that she was Canadian she is Canadian <laughs> of course but her sister suggested she do it and so at 10 years old that's it like she always goes calls back to at 10 years old wanting to act and basically her first performance um so in high school this oh, I think I see the connection between you two so oh. she's student body president <laughs> she learns to play the flute and the piano She's still acting. She's dancing. She joins different drama clubs. She joins comedy troupes. (laughs) And she even started an environmental club to campaign against the use of styrofoam cups. Hell yeah. Yeah, she did. This is in high school. (laughs) Yeah. I love that she was not like shying away from anything. She was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then I see you using those styrofoam cups. I don't appreciate that. There's no club for this yet. So I'm going to make one. You know, honestly, I do feel, and I I would be shocked if we had listeners ever this young, but I do feel like high school is the time where you should try all of those things because mm-hmm. it's like weird. People will act, like people care more when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Like when you're 16, you're like, did you know that frogs are in danger? If you buy this chocolate bar, you'll save the frog. <laughs> people are like, oh, okay. But if I'm like a grown 40 year old who's like. <laughs> you're killing frogs people are like you're psycho lady so yeah I think it's awesome to get involved in things and yes I did all of those things I remember being <laughs> in eighth grade and I told my mom I said I'm going for the record of being the most involved and in my yearbook under my name my list under my can, name was bigger than my picture I can picture it now I can't <laughs> I absolutely can see it I love it <laughs> so um she was awarded a four-year scholarship to study journalism Oh, snap, we're the same person. (laughs) At Carleton University. Okay. But against her parents' wishes, Uh oh, she turned it down so she could study drama at the National Theatre School of Canada. And 
she made it a point to pay her own way because a her parents weren't going to because they were not okay yeah. with that and that's not where she got a scholarship to so she paid her way and in 1993 she graduated the national theater school of canada wow good for her that's hard mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. when you say pay your own way it means she was working full-time and going to school and probably doing it like very snail place i imagine her doing the most for yeah. sure because she went to school for drama she wasn't studying like mathematics or something oh yeah so. no that homework isn't like you know two plus two no no it's like not. go to your nearby <laughs> deli and pretend there's an earthquake like that's the kind of things they have to do yes <laughs> so the very next year in 1994 she's she's going in and she's like that's it i've said since i was 10 i want to be an actress and this is wow. what i'm going to do so she has two lead roles in canadian films um double happiness and the diary of evelyn lau oh i've never heard of these mm -hmm. i don't know you know some people their first role is like this hit movie that everyone knows about these are canadian films which doesn't make them any less popular but i've right. never heard of them myself um, so in 1996, she ends up moving to Hollywood because she is cast to play the supporting role in HBO's Arliss, which okay. I think is kind of her first big standout. I've never watched it. It's a dark comedy about the world of like pro sports. Um, and Ooh. she plays like an assistant to um, the main guy. And that's where the, um, the title or the character Rita Wu comes in. That's her character. She does that until 2002. So that's a long time to be on a show. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't just filming the show. She made 16 films <gasps> in that time and numerous TV appearances, guesting, spotlighting, all those like. Wow. Yeah. She was Dude, like, I'm not happy with just one thing. <laughs> acting and like actors and actresses, the man, they, they go through it. Like, and mm -hmm. only so like there's such a small percentage that actually make it to the place where we all know them you know yeah. like it's just such a when you, and then you look back because a lot of the people we've done that are actors and actresses when we list all the things they did prior mm -hmm. like, dang they really yeah they were a whole person fighting for their dream and their passion well before we even knew who they were yeah and just think like we know what happens but they don't know what happens and so mm -hmm. if anyone out there's like an inspiring artist of any kind like I think these things are great to continue to remind yourself like every single person spent years in their craft before mm -hmm. they got to a place where I guess you could say they were comfortable and etc but that's crazy yeah. man anyway so that um, that show ends in 2002 Let's go a couple years forward to 2005. Ooh. She becomes the child-free icon we know as Christina Yang on Grey's Anatomy. Which, okay, so just <laughs> quick pause. I saw on TikTok just the other day, someone was doing like this thing about um, Meredith and like her age. Mm -hmm. I did not realize they were in their 30s when they started Grey's. Like I watched it in high school. So, you know, my brain yeah. was like, oh, they must be also my age. So like you mm -hmm. said, they're in their 50s now, which is wild to think about. When yeah watch the show but not being a doctor i don't know they always talk about oh being a doctor you're in school for so long like yeah i guess because by the time the characters themselves like started mm -hmm. the whole thing it was like 
oh, we're actually going to be like doing surgeries. We're beyond all the schooling that we have to yes. do. Yes. So that's crazy. So um, she was on Grey's for 10 seasons from 2005 to 2014. Do you know how many episodes that was for her? It yes. is. Oh my gosh. Well over 100. I wa- I've watched Grey's since the beginning, so I should mm-hmm. know this. I want to say there's like 20 episodes, 20, 25 episodes a season. So I'm going to say, quick math, 250. 220 episodes oh dang i was so close you went high you were you were there i felt i felt the math the math line going i was like um, 20 or 20 yeah it's <laughs> pretty close that's yes. good she's amazing she's so amazing in grace she is and her character like i said like child-free icon in so many ways if you've never watched grace you have no idea what we're talking about but most of you i feel like do mm-hmm. she basically as a character forged and followed her own path stuck to her passions and I think that that really speaks to her as an actor as well. People know the name Christina Yang and they automatically have this sort of like very empowering and strong-willed character in their mm-hmm. heads. I think it was also like a time where those characters weren't really mainstreamed. And she was, if, mm-hmm. you, if you watch those seasons she just she wasn't soft she wasn't right. like about friendships and flowers and butterflies but she was mm-hmm. just focused on what she was doing and those characters are always like the background characters the side characters are mm-hmm. villainized and i love that grace didn't do that and she did it really well she really and she well. didn't falter like no she becomes pregnant in the show mm-hmm. and instead of them being like well all right, we don't really want to talk about abortion, so let's just have her have the baby. Like, they went through multiple scenarios, and it just was a very, like, a very cool way to make this such a unique character compared to, you know, the basic kind of person. She's well-rounded. Very realistic. Um, Mm -hmm. They do a really great job in Grey's of talking about mainstream topics in a very realistic way. Yeah, yeah. Um, So... Like I said, for 10 seasons, she's doing this, but she wasn't just doing Grey's, just mm-hmm. like with Arliss. She does another 16 films <gasps> and countless voice acting roles and animated films. Like this is the season where she really starts to like become this voice actor for so many animated films, like even less mainstream stuff. So she's, again, <laughs> she's really doing the most, Vanessa. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I did not know any of that. I don't know why I thought she just like got up, went to the hospital set, did her thing and went home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's doing it all. Um, at the time she begins Grey's Anatomy, um, she and her husband, Alexander Payne, who was a filmmaker, um, they separate and then eventually in late 2006, they, they officially get divorced. So basically right after she starts Grey's. Um, and there's not a lot about their marriage, not a lot of details. She's always like everything I kind of try to dig into about her more personal life is fairly personal. Um, she only puts out what she wants people to see, which I very much appreciate. Um, but I just thought this was an interesting fact. He goes on to remarry in 2015 and becomes a father for the first time at 56 years old oh and i just there was just a lot of different things going through my head one i doubt that it had anything to do you know the divorce probably didn't have anything to do with the kids thing it was never talked about or brought up but i just thought at 56 years old this man can go and remarry and have a kid without thinking twice for a woman that might be a little bit harder right 
for sure. So, <clears throat> yeah, I wonder just a sidebar we do like yeah. male listeners. I am curious, like for us, I feel like as women, eventually that like, you're going to regret it, you're change your mind, like it changes Mm -hmm. into do you regret it? And do you wish you changed your mind? Mm -hmm. But I wonder if for men, like, does it just go on forever? Like, are you just in your 60s? And they're like, well, you'll change your mind. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you could probably technically still not have kids because you're not the one doing the having, but make a baby. get someone pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm curious if like that's the thing. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. we have any over 60 listeners. So, you know, whatever we might <laughs> yeah. let us know when you hit that age. <laughs> um, so jumping ahead another couple years, she finishes Grace in 2014. Um, a great last episode. I love what they did with her character too. Instead of, you know, some nonsense, she moves to like Switzerland, I think it is, to basically continue. Yeah being a doctor and doing research and stuff it's not you like you could not be like met like yeah. rays they if you if you haven't watched it by now and it's on you but they kill off a lot of characters that's just kind of the only way they get rid of people and it's yeah. heart-wrenching it's horrible but yeah she was just like i'm on to better things bye mm-hmm. and you were like what no but you yeah. you wanted her to go you know yeah because you were happy about it you were like i'm happy for her she didn't die in a plane crash she basically right moved to another country to continue to do awesome stuff yes yes <laughs> so in 2017 she is cast in the lead role of the bbc british spy thriller killing eve um i have heard of this show i have not watched the show i didn't realize it was a bbc thing but i think you can watch it on hulu okay so if anyone out there is curious um one thing that i find really interesting is she basically Sandra commented on her initial confusion after being cast in this role because she'd fully expected to continue to be sort of typecast as the sidekick, the best friend role, mm-hmm. being that she is an Asian actress. Uh-huh. That had kind of for a long time been all she'd felt like she was doing, all she had seen in TV and films. You know, there was never that lead role. And so she literally was confused. Like they said, oh, you're the lead role. And she was like, wait, what? what did I read for? What did I do? Like, so it was a really big wow. deal yeah. that she is the Eve of killing Eve. I felt like that was kind of a, a throwback to the child-free friend, right? That yeah. stereotype that we see in films of the overworked or the alcoholic or the, whatever the mess that is always basically a side character. Yeah, no, it's true. It. I think it gets a, um, you know, it gets, it gets sidelined as like, Oh, well, if you're, because it's into that stereotypical like most people can relate to mm-hmm. being a heterosexual couple married kids dog those mm-hmm. sort of things and so i think it's also good that they're starting to create so many roles that are so different mm-hmm. and people can relate to those because there are people out there who yeah relate to something different always you're always gonna find somebody who when they feel underrepresented see someone like them represented you're like oh that's freaking awesome yeah we all can feel that in some way yeah Mm -hmm. so um killing eve ran for four seasons and actually just ended in april of 2022 um so she sandra oh has continued to voice act a lot in animated films like i mentioned um two that stuck out to me that were fairly recent and popular um raya and the last dragon 
and Turning yeah. Red, which I just watched a couple weeks ago. It was cute. I haven't seen Turning Red yet. I have you Disney Plus now, so I'm watching all the stuff. <laughs> you know why I haven't seen Turning Red? Because I've been stuck watching these stupid holiday rom-coms. Oh my gosh. I'm never going to suggest a film you watch <laughs> ever again. You're on your own. Good luck. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Um, a couple of other things she's been in. Um, right now she's in uh, a TV show on a streaming network called Invincible, and then she did the um, short-lived Netflix uh, limited series, The Chair, which I thought was really good. Again, she Ooh. played the main role in The Chair, which was which is a, a really good um, show. I did enjoy that. Um, she's hosted the seventy-six Golden Globes. She's hosted SNL. And according to Wikipedia, she is in post-production on a comedy film that she did with Aquafina, who I love. She's so funny. Um, And that's set to be released in 2023 on Hulu. Okay. Love it. I'm excited. So she's still working. She's still doing things. Oh, yeah. She is not done by any means. Um, I want to talk just a moment about kind of all the child-free stuff and what got us to her. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2019, she's on the cover of Marie Claire. And in the magazine, she talks about having thought about having kids uh, more than once, which is why Mm. I call back to like, I doubt that their divorce had anything to do with the kids thing. Like sometimes we like to think and pin on women. Um, She also talked about even doing it like by herself, like having a kid by herself after she got divorced, she thought I'm in my late thirties, you know, I can do it. I've got the money. I can make the time if I need to. Um, but ultimately, she said she's fulfilled. She's content. She just loves being an auntie. Obviously, she had her has her brother and sister who have kids, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> she's involved in a ton of philanthropy work, which is kind of where I'm like, I don't want to gloss over it. But there's just so much that she's involved in from Stop Asian Hate. Um, she spoke out a lot there after the Atlanta spa shootings in 2021. Um, she's been a vocal supporter of Black Lives Matter movement, um, especially getting more Asian folks into the story like we talked about. Mm-hmm. And she says part of her goal in that is because she wants her nieces and nephews to see Asian people on magazine covers and in lead roles and see that as normal right? and not like an exception or like a kind of, oh, wow, this is really cool because it's the first. And she's been mm. the first, you know, in a lot of ways to do things. And so I love that she's thinking about the kids yeah no that's great i love that too one thing and this is all speculation but it's just from photos and stuff of her it does seem she has a boyfriend his name is lev rukin oh fun and he has a 12 year old daughter which interesting brings me to that whole like well is she really child free then (laughs) I love your impersonation of all the trolls online. <laughs> yes. Yes. She is still child free because right. she does not have a child. So Correct. there. <laughs> Correct. And I do think that there we've talked about how that's a different category where some people mm-hmm. feel more comfortable with, look, I just don't want to birth the child. But mm-hmm. if I step into that role, then I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. And how that's a whole nother category of woman because they also feel ostracized in the sense of moms are very judgy like well did you birth did you breastfeed did you raise it you know (laughs) yes Uh, you bring up a really good topic about a type of woman and I actually 
this this is the last thing I basically wrote in my notebook by hand. Um, <laughs> basically, like there is a type of woman that they just they just keep going about their lives. They're mm-hmm. not worried about having kids. Mm-hmm. They're not constantly thinking about it, and they just keep going. And they get to a point where they're like, "Hey, I'm good without kids. I've gone this far, and you know, it's not." Mm-hmm something deep down inside of me that I want to do so I'm just going to keep moving through life and sure I'm child free but I don't need to talk about it or maybe don't need to express it in every form Mm -hmm. and that is a really interesting type of woman because and just in general man too even we always say like you don't have to be as vocal about it as we are there's a lot of guests we've had that have been their content creators and it's how we found them and they always thought that they were the only ones right until they started making content but you don't right. have to do that you can just search it out see it's there here we all are we'll speak for you sure and absolutely yeah and I think that as you and I keep like it's kind of it's kind of ironic we're ending we're coming to an end of season two and as we've mm-hmm. like kind of reflect back on not just this season but last year as well realizing like when you and I sat down even we thought like oh well there's just like we relate to being the kind of people who don't really want children so mm-hmm. what does that make us and then as we've gone through these ep- these seasons realizing there's child free there's childless there's um, non-custodial moms there's mm-hmm. step parents there's there's so many different categories and what I love is that we are so trying to create a space and bringing women like this to light that are like look mm-hmm. they just took a more non-traditional route and that is what we're all about here it's mm-hmm. wherever you end up in your journey whether it's becoming a stepmom or having a child later on or just never being a mom or never being an auntie or whatever mm-hmm. is fine and we have to stop with the whole by your 22 you got to meet a husband pop a kid out like mm-hmm. not there's anything wrong with that but we don't want to continue to lime like that so i love mm-hmm. that you brought someone who's also a little bit different because she's dating this man is what we think and we know he has mm-hmm. a child right mm-hmm. so yes. she could technically become a stepmom in her 50s and whatever i'm sure she'd be stoked with that yeah Love and it. If not, that's cool too. But yes, and I hope that all of you listening, whether you categorize yourself as one thing or another, or you're more fluid, or maybe you're more fence sitter, I hope you always feel welcome listening to our podcast. We're just friends chatting about our lives and a very vocal format sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> we would true. love to meet all of our new friends if you guys would join us in Vegas in just a couple of weeks. It is Although technically not when we're recording, when you're hearing this, it will be the new year, 2023. And that means even closer to our Vegas weekend. So make sure you jump at the link in our Instagram bio and get yourself signed up if you have not. And if you have any questions or anything, please, please, please reach out claiming zero podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we have a frequently asked questions um, post on our Instagram. You can go check that out for Mm -hmm those of you who may still have a few more questions but definitely um, get your registration and if you haven't we're not closing registration but um you know things do get more expensive as time gets closer so keep an eye open for that on our instagram and we will talk to all of you next week okay bye-bye bye